0: From the Nick and Izzy Network Studios in New York, this is The Hirsch Show. Tonight's guest, Ramon's tour manager and author, Monty A. Melnick. And now, here's your host, Kyle Hirschon. There's so much chaos going on. It's episode five of the Her Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, number five. Yes. And we've got Mr. Monty A. Melnick, uh, who you may recognize from the legendary Ramones. And uh, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with CJ and he found it. And now he's here. Thank you so much for coming on, Monty.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here and uh, to, to uh, support uh, Long Island.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> and of course, the long-lasting legacy of the Ramones. The Ramones have been around for, well, the the band itself was only around for twenty-two years, but the oh, legacy. Only. What do
1: you mean, only? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the legacy goes on even stronger, and uh, of course, with people like you, you were the tour manager uh, till the very end. You were with the band from the very beginning, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much from the uh, most most shows. From the... I may missed a few shows in the beginning, but. Over 2,200 shows.
0: That's amazing. So tell me about your your the, the newest release of your book, On the Road with the Ramones, which the newest release came out in 2019. Tell me. Yeah, there it is. There it is right there.
1: The bonus edition. You got to get the one with the red Ramones on it and it says bonus edition over here. <laughs> so I added uh, My book's been out for a while. So each year I've added a, a number of different things, different editions. And this last edition here, I put up... Uh, about forty more pages of stuff that's been happening with the Ramones, and uh, I felt that I missed in the in the beginning of the few editions that I put out.
0: Absolutely. So uh, now that you know, unfortunately, all the, the the originals are have been gone. And so, how did you get involved with the the band?
1: Well, I grew up with Tommy Ramone. I went to junior high school with him. I went to high school with him. I was in bands with Tommy. I was in several bands with Tommy, and then I, Tommy and I. Uh, developed the uh, performance studios which he brought the ramones in and i was i worked with the ramones there and so I, I knew tommy for over 50 years
0: wow so and to think you know a band like them you know they were hated by the mainstream uh, media back then you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's more and more the radio the, there was the whole thing that the underground ground and the papers liked them actually you know and in england they were huge because the england had all these papers music maker melody maker and all these nme papers that you know published all their stuff about the ramones so they so you know initially the the ramones here in the states the problem here in the states was the radio they couldn't get on the radio here in the states
0: of course they probably had well not, not even with the let's creek bop at the beginning you know they couldn't even get on then
1: oh no i mean the problem was that the uh sex pistols kind of tainted the whole scene with the ramones you know because people said oh look at the sex pistols they're gonna come into the studio and do stupid things and throw up and do profanity blah blah the ramones are not not like that you know no. but they got brought along into that whole thing you know it's unfortunate you know?
0: Is that the reason why there is a... Su- now, is there some sort of rivalry between the Sex Pistols and the Ramones because of what happened?
1: It's a rivalry, really. I mean, the whole thing is who was first, who was not first. I mean, the Ramones came over there in 1976. The Sex Pistols were... I don't know what they were doing exactly. A lot of groups came and saw the Ramones. And they, the Ramones influenced a lot of people over there in 76. And we came back in 1977 uh, uh, and the a whole tour and so it picked up over there. So um, I don't think it's a real rivalry. It was more of a, you know, England one that they, they started the, the, the punk rock and then US we started the punk rock. It's kind of weird type of thing there, you know. Yeah. I mean?
0: Now, I, I don't know if you were there, but there was a video that surfaced of uh, Marky Ramon almost getting into it with
1: Johnny Rotten. Um, I wasn't there, but I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God.
0: It <laughs> could change our lives. By music, meaning what we said.
1: Attack the political systems. This stuffed. <laughs> <daft laughs> how well, come well, you, well, wait, wait. Is yeah, it your drugs? Hey, you. Yeah. You. You talk yeah. the talk, but you didn't do the walk. All right. Just oh. like the MC5. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh. Johnny Rotten right
0: never did the wall. He didn't, he... I thought I thought Marky or I think Johnny would have really thrown thrown fisty cuffs at Marky and you know he was just not having it with Johnny.
1: Well, yeah, I mean John, uh, Johnny Rotten he just hates the Ramones, you know. He just doesn't like the whole thing that he thinks they were first and we're not first and we started this, they just started that. So it's a whole big thing with them, you know. Yeah, so it was just all turf wars with Johnny. Turf wars, yeah.
0: <laughs> so l- let's go back to the, uh, let's go back to CBGBs because, you know, as, as a kid, I, I read about CBGBs and I wanted to go there. I was like maybe six years old when I oh. first read about the CBG. Yes, I was a very, uh, rebellious child back then <laughs> uh so uh, you know i enjoyed listening to ramones as i mentioned to cj you know I w- i've always wanted to go to cbgbs as a kid but of course you know if, as i said too young and pure according to my folks uh to be at such an iconic club what, what was the environment like in that establishment when it was in its prime
1: when did you start listening to the ramones
0: i was about five years old when i first five years listening.
1: old holy mm-hmm. mac i mean your parents uh, didn't object to what you were listening to <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably my grandparents but
1: <laughs> did your parents listen to the ramones did, oh yeah did they ever go to see the ramones show
0: i don't believe they did but they they enjoyed uh the first album that was the first that was the first album i listened to
1: okay five years oh wow okay <laughs> i mean cbgb's was a whole uh th- th- happening you know and th- th- the good thing about cbgb's was hilly let a lot of bands come in and, and and in the early years the early 70s clubs wouldn't let you play unless you played top 40 you know right. with hilly you can come into this club and play all your original material that was the beauty of the place that's why all these bands came in and played there and played all he let them play with all this original material coming in you know
0: yeah you get guys you get blindy talking heads and i mean of course with the ramones i mean you know
1: at that time about six about 60 times we played the the, wow 60
0: times at cbgb i mean in the
1: beginning nobody was there i mean the only people in the in the beginning in cbgb's in the early you know, early days with other bands because that's with the people that were hanging out there. You know, right? But so we, that's why we developed a lot of relationships with other bands at the time. But uh, Hilly was great. You know, I mean, he originally wanted CBGBs as country bluegrass blue bluegrass uh, club. You know, he <laughs> so, but he realized that these bands were coming in, and uh, he said, "Okay, play your material, bring your people in, and they drink fine." You know, so that's what the, the whole scene developed down there with that. You know.
0: You know, I would have figured that, you know, with the era of 2004, 2007, you know, being the like the emo, like the punk rock phase. I mean, I would have figured that CBGBs would still be around then. But unfortunately, you know,
1: know, the the problem was, you know, he didn't have total control over the uh, space and stuff. And so the the rents kept on going up, blah, blah, blah. So he had to. uh... That's horrible. Yeah, it's very bad.
0: Yeah. So since uh, as we both have said, you know, you were with them for the very beginning. I always wanted to know, since they have been essentially given the titles of Grandfathers of Punk. Have you ever heard that term before? Well, you
1: know, you, you got to go back farther from Punk. uh Stooges, MC5. Yeah. I mean, I, I Iggy's probably the grandfather of Punk. Iggy Pop, know? absolutely. Yeah. Or the MC5, actually, too, also, you know. So, uh I mean, there were... They really didn't like the name punk. Seriously, they just wanted to be a band, music band, the pop band. Actually, yeah, you know, that's, that's I mean, the first CJ people they were to listening to was the uh, the the uh, oh my god, I can't uh, Bay city rollers, Bay city yeah. rollers. I mean, come on, is that punk? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to be a punk, a pop band, not punk. They didn't like the name punk, but yeah. you know, they they adopted it after a while. So that that was fine with them, you know. Yeah.
0: So I mean. How were they viewed when they just started playing?
1: Well, viewed
0: by who exactly? Just, you know, like the social crowd, like the typical crowd. Because I saw an interview one day uh, from one of Joey's last interviews uh, he did with Conan O'Brien. And uh, he... That
1: was a good interview.
0: That was. Um, He recalled a show that the band did with Toto. And (laughs) somebody said, uh, how nice of you to take care of all these... people
1: <laughs> well now that wasn't that was toto i mean that was uh, uh, the problem is in the beginning when the first when the Rones first started we couldn't uh, booking agents couldn't figure out what to do with them right they were adding them to these bills black sabbath toto i mean toto for god's sake with toto the only good thing about toto i mean the other black sabbath we opened up for them and it was it was rough because they, they didn't want to hear it the Ramones and were throwing stuff at the stage. We opened up enough for Ted Nugent. The band was they, they were pelting the band with food and stuff. There's a famous picture online if you ever see it. Johnny and and Dee were giving the finger to yeah. I'll put it Thirty right thousand pe- people. Yeah, F- F- you crap. guys, you know, you know, because they didn't understand, you know, and. Uh, with Toto, the only good thing about Toto is by the time the audience woke up, we were off the stage, you know, so it was, that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but th- that was the problem in the beginning. They, the booking agents couldn't really figure out where to put the band. So we figured better it's just a, a headline to shows, you know, instead of like opening up for these crazy bands.
0: Yeah, it, it makes sense. Johnny Can
1: Winters, it- too, you know. Jeez. Oh, uh, what, a, what a dangerous combination. <laughs> no it was rough it was rough because the, those the, 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 they didn't understand the band and they just wanted to hear the the main act at the time and you know with Black Sabbath their, their audience was pretty you know they were throwing batteries and ice picks and, you know it was dangerous you know
0: you know I, I would figure you know uh, an act like Black Sabbath would embrace this kind of music, but
1: no. Well, you know, in the, in the beginning, the people didn't understand. They just wanted to hear the Black Sabbath at the time. They didn't know know what the Ramones were doing. The Ramones yeah. were raw. You know, bang, bang, bang. Three minutes, you know, three-minute songs, and they, they just didn't understand it. That was a problem. A lot of people, the booking agents couldn't understand the Ramones in the beginning. You know, that's that was a problem. And then,
0: of course, later on, you know, they became hits overseas, as we mentioned. You know, uh, some of the biggest shows were in south america
1: yeah that was that was amazing we developed a big big uh fan base down in argentina brazil chile that was because we went down there early on and played down there before a lot of bands played down there and we reconnected with the kids down there the ramones are, they're saying something to young people you know they they can understand, and also the young people could play the Ramones, you know. It wasn't you don't have to be a, a great musician, you know, you hack it out and you can play the song. So they've developed a huge following down in South America, it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was watching one of their last shows, it was in '96, they were playing in Buenos Aires, and I could see the crowd just, you know, because nowadays when you see big rock acts, ACDC, you see Kiss, you see them play it like. Oh, what's the name of that stadium? Uh, when is that? River Plate, River Plate yeah, Stadium. We
1: played. That was we played. Yeah.
0: You see, like, it's like a tidal wave of people just jumping up and down. That, but damn.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, they, they, it was an amazing down there. The has the got a good taste of what it was like to be a, a major act, a big act down there. Yes. The problem is that, you know, Johnny didn't like that because he couldn't. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't get out of the hotels. There was like hundreds of people out day and night. We got kicked out of several hotels there because the crowd, you know, the, the fans were like breaking the windows and they were out there all night, like wow. chanting and stuff. They got a good taste that I could, you know, go outside and walk around, which i liked. but Johnny or Didi, they, they just couldn't get out. They got a taste of what it's like to be like a major act, a big act down there. That was probably the place that they got that taste.
0: Wow. I mean, You know, there really was no common medium in between, you know, they, I'm pretty sure they wanted some sort of fame, but well, holy crap, when they got it, that was like a pretty much a rude awakening.
1: Yeah. It's when you get it to that state, it's uh, you got to deal with it. You know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, poor Joey. I mean, cause I know he's had, you know, his issues and all that stuff, but man, that must've been hard on him.
1: Well, yeah. You know, he, he actually was got a, he understood it better than Johnny. Johnny just didn't like the whole, he wanted Johnny wanted to go out and buy stuff and put at a store or something. Then he couldn't do that, you know, because it was hard for us to go to a restaurant and eat, you know, <laughs> we had to close the restaurant and then go there and eat because the fans were all around us. The airport, we were one of the people in the airport. They let us go through the back of the airport to get out of a pool. Wow. I think the president of Argentina or something, and maybe, Uh, Michael Jackson and us. So there were so many people came to the airport to meet us. It was we couldn't go through the front. We had to go down through the back. It was (laughs) amazing, amazing.
0: I mean, it was like
1: Beatlemania, but for punk rock. No, no, it was, it was, it was was, was amazing.
0: (laughs) So I mean, when the band uh, decided to call it a day, I mean, what was next for you? Because I know that you've been keeping like basically being the ambassador of the band ever since they stopped.
1: Uh, yeah. Ambassador was one name for it. other, other <laughs> Actually, Marky uh, came to me and said, uh, you want to manage me? So I managed Marky for his first two albums. I put uh-huh. him out on the road. He, I got a tour manager. So that's what I did for right after Ramones. And then I worked with several other groups, Degeneration, uh, Paul Winter, Ronnie Spector, worked with Ronnie. Oh, Spe- wow.
0: But, I mean, she must right, have been
1: amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's great. If you ever get to see her show, she's terrific. Ronnie mm. Spector's really great. Absolutely. And uh, so I worked with Marky there for a while, you know, being a tour manager and a manager of two different things. About a year and a half, too, I worked with him. You know, we parted amicably. and But I got him his first album and I put him out on his first tour. Yeah, because I remember marky ramon and the
0: intruders was the first. marky ramon and the intruders i'll put a graphic up Greg, there, right very
1: now. good very good group
0: yeah now he's got marky ramon's blitzkrieg yeah um and i, I understand at one point at the very beginning like uh something about the beach boys and um
1: mike well, love they, they mike, did the song rockaway beach he yeah played, rockaway brought Mark beach. Away, they brought marky on stage when he played long island and, yeah
0: that was uh the the paramount the paramount right here in huntington just yeah, a, yeah, yeah. about 20 minutes away uh that i mean you know w- when i first listened to that song the first thing i thought of was how come the beach boys haven't done it
1: <laughs> well that the remotes are heavily influenced by the beach boys yeah because didn't they also do a cover of a uh, and safari um surfing bird i know that wasn't beach boys though oh
0: <laughs> uh but geez, I mean, you know, you, you see all these these bands that have been <clears throat> heavily influenced by the Ramones. You would think nowadays, if any of them were still around, would would you believe if 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 they were still around, would you would they have continued as yes. the Ramones?
1: Yes, yes, sure. I think they would have continued. Yes, I mean, they all. They stopped basically. Joey wasn't feeling it well, and Johnny felt felt that he was the top of the game at the time. I think that would have come back, you know, if Joey was feeling better. Yeah, unfortunately, cancer sucks. Well, yeah, that's that's one <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. one way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, the Ramones' legacy, basically, if we want to talk about the legacy of the Ramones. Yeah, sure. They were kind of like the Johnny Appleseed of music, punk rock, of rock music. You know, mm-hmm. Johnny Appleseed went across the States and planted apples all over the place. Right. The moms, when they first came out, they were just playing all these small clubs, small towns all over it. And then we went all over to Europe and played all these different cities. And so they were spreading the seed. People would come and see them and said, hey, they can do it. We can do it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that hard have to have a good songs play proficiently you don't have to be an instrumental genius or anything you know
0: yeah i mean they so prioritize
1: them bar chords all these groups came and saw them as young people i mean we we're in um, cincinnati ohio and all of a sudden these kids come back hey we're metallica we little to you guys blah 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 you know they're <laughs> just kids you know yeah and they all give credit to eddie vedder you too for god's sakes that song uh the miracle of joey ramon on their album and they yeah all these groups realized that they saw the Ramones, and if the Ramones they said they can do it, we can do it. So that's the legacy of the Ramones. They were kind of like they spread the seed out, and all these bands said, "Wow, we can do it. They can do it. We can do it." The
0: biggest act I, I can definitely recall having a major influence on the Ramones is Green Day.
1: Oh yeah, well, yeah. I'm a Metallica, Soundgarden, Rancid, you two. Uh, you know, it's, it's Pearl Jam. <laughs> they're yeah, they're much. that big. The too. whole grunge
0: yeah. era, really. Yeah, you could really thank the
1: Ramones for that. No, seriously, I mean, when we did Lollapalooza tour in 1996, headline was Metallica and mm-hmm. Soundgarden, Rancid, and Ramones. So I'm putting the I put the band on stage early on, and I'm standing there. All of a sudden, I'm looking on the side, and all these other bands, Metallica, Sound, they're all there watching. <laughs> And they said, we love you guys. We were influenced by you guys. And of course they became good friends with the band at the end, but they actually acknowledged that, which is, that's the legacy of the Ramones, you know?
0: Yeah. And nowadays, you know, they become even more commercially successful from, well, that's kind of like the thing, you know, with, with somebody dying or whatever, you know, God rest their soul, you know, they become even more successful. Well,
1: that's the thing. Now the Ramones
0: are so big now.
1: It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Like the merchandise. I mean, Case in point, your hat right now.
1: Yeah, the, the, the logo and stuff. You know, a lot of people t- have shirts with the Ramones. They don't know what the, who the Ramones are. They just like the logo. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I'll tell this joke a thousand and two times because I told it a thousand and one times. Right. <laughs> if the Ramones were this big when I was working for them, I would have gotten a big raise. <laughs> they're huge now. I mean, they're on TV commercials. They're on soundtracks of movies. Mm-hmm. People are wearing the T-shirts. They, I mean, when they were alive, they couldn't really get all this stuff going. That's the sad part about it. I mean, right. the four originals. I mean, there's still Ramon's legacy going out there. There's Richie Ramon, terrific band. He's got yep. CJ Ramon. Of course, you talk to CJ. CJ, C.J. great guy. I mean, he put out. He was out there for years too. And uh, Marky Ramon's still out there hacking away. So people still want the Ramones. I mean, they can't get the Ramones, but they're still uh, not the original Ramones. That's the that's, a par- right. a sad that's part the sad part about it. The four people. Original Ramones that were there are not here with Exactly. Us. Very sad. Very sad. It, it is.
0: But the fact that, you know, we're able to relive some of these stories, you know, we, we do have a few Ramones remaining. And, of course, you know, people like you and uh, um, Richie, um, Mark, I don't know. I don't there. know about Elvis Ramone. I don't know if he's uh, still I don't think he's doing any Ramon stuff. No,
1: you know, no, I don't think no. he, he did what uh, only like two gigs. Yeah. He was in the Ramones for two shows, but, <laughs> but you know, but he's Blondie. I mean, he made a lot more money with Blondie than with the Ramones. Yeah. <laughs> he, played, he did a lot of the Eurythmics and he's got a group out, the uh, hungry hearts or something, or he he plays a lot. He does a lot of stuff. Yeah. But he, he wanted to be a Ramon actually. I mean, he, that's why he was in the group for a couple of shows. And, uh, But Marky came back, and he realized you know, go with Blondie would be better, and then then, then that worked out better.
0: You know, I'm I'm looking at Marky because Marky's very active on uh, social media, and uh, you know, the fact that you know he's still, you know, the power horse that he already he always was, you know, still doing those uh, those eighth notes. you know those bubuka you know, that, that was the pioneering drum beat of that era. Um, and
1: are you, you a see, musician?
0: Yep, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, I've got a couple guitars, I've got a bass, I've got a full drum kit downstairs. What,
1: what, what's your main instrument?
0: Uh, actually, that guitar right there. Guitar, then okay. Um, and you know, uh, since it, the Ramon songs were very easy to learn, I mean, that's kind of how I learned how to, you know gain more stamina playing. Cause that's the big thing with the Ramones. You had to have a lot of stamina in order to play Ramones songs.
1: Yes. 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 As, People as, don't realize it was not, not three chords easy. It was a very rigid thing. Very, they had, you had to be right on the ball. Uh, anything that was out of the, out outside the whole thing would, would throw the whole thing off. That's, I mean, um, Clem didn't really have enough time to get into the band. He was thrown into the band very quickly I mean, uh, Gary Kerfers was the manager. He was managing Blondie and all that. Blondie was doing off or something. He said, he said to Clem, Don't, no, Ramon's easy. It, it's easy. Go play with them, you know? It's easy. It wasn't that easy.
0: Right. No, Clem,
1: Clem would have gotten it, but he just didn't have enough time because we had all these shows coming up. Exactly. They threw him into the band. And any little bit in the middle of a set that goes off, that throws the whole set off, you know? Yeah. Very rigid, you know? Because,
0: no, you know, in the in the record, you know, let's say Blitzkrieg Bob, for example, you know, in the in the record, it's like, you know, it's nice and easy to play. But when it's live, it, it, it's super fast. I'm like, how do these people do it?
1: <laughs> it got faster how, and faster. Over faster, faster. You know, faster, the, that's what Richie would say. Yeah. It's like, put feeling so much faster now.
0: <laughs> you know, that, it's like the opposite of what, you know, musicians would be now. They'd be playing slower. But no, the Ramones decided, that we're going to play faster because why not
1: <laughs> exactly exactly
0: so um we're, we're running a little bit out of time but uh Already? <laughs> we've been talking for quite a bit actually Really? <laughs> you know because <laughs> the ramones are just so, you know it's just so much fun to talk about music in general um so are, are you still involved with the music scene in, in all in any sense
1: uh no i do a lot of podcasts and stuff like that what happened after Ramones, I worked with several groups. You know, I did Marky, e, then Degeneration, yep. Ronnie R- R- Spector. Then I moved over to the halt- New York Hall of Science, where I was the um, audiovisual supervisor there for about 16 and a half years. Then I moved over to the Queen's Theater in the Park, where I was an in-house manager. Wow. That's my last gig. And, of course, now theaters, unfortunately. You know, Broadway and theaters. A li- it was a live theater there, 500-seat theater. I'm just waiting for that to get back into uh, – what's yeah. going to happen I, hopefully soon like a couple of months
0: hopefully soon yeah I so mean, i
1: mean as far as the music scene goes no more i'm kind of space just, out of that
0: just laying back you know just just s- smelling the fruits of your labor i guess right <laughs> whatever it was but smelling you know, them yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but you know as a fan of the ramones just Thank you for keeping the band essentially in one place, <laughs> Thank making sure well. they, you know, they got around. Cause, uh, cause I was, once I was talking with CJ, uh, you know, we were talking about the van, you know, the assigned seats in a way you were driving Johnny shotgun. There it is. Yeah. The, in the background. Yeah. So you got you driving, uh, Johnny shotgun, Oh, it was, was it Joey in the row behind? I, I, I got to go no, back. I think to it was Marky,
1: than Joey, then Marky, uh, than Joey. And then, and then now it was only in the back.
0: Yeah. He, Cause he told B. me he
1: was- like to sit in the back. Cause they try to sneak smoking out the back window. Johnny hated smoking. I didn't like smoking t- tobacco either. So they try to sneak cigarettes in the back. Cause they open the window. Mm. But I mean, we, we, I mean, if you look at my book, uh, we had all sorts of different uh, vehicles. Uh, we did buses. There's a big, we did stationary action buses, you know, so and vans, a lot of vans. Yeah. We, they, they developed the van tour basically in the States because uh, buses are very expensive and you had to sleep on the bus too to make it economical. They didn't like sleeping, they liked hotels. So we did little tours like a couple of weeks on the West Coast. Somebody would drive the van there. I'd drive the van up and down. I had drivers too in the van too. And then we come back for a week or two, and then they do the East Coast for a couple of weeks in a van. They like that because they can uh, in a van. You can just hop in a van and do stuff easily instead of a right. bus. Bus is very very expensive. They couldn't really afford a lot of bu- you know the bus. Yeah, you
0: know, you know because you know uh, the funny thing
1: about that is the crew actually at the end there got a bus because they had to be the at the uh, venue early, mm-hmm. and they had to stay there late, and then they had to drive overnight and sleep in the bus. So. So we we pull up in these festivals, the Lollapalooza festival. All of a sudden, this big bus would pull in, and the Ramones crew would get out, and then I'd pull out, pull in with the van, <laughs> and we get out in the van. People say, "What's going on here?" You know, going <laughs> to got a bus and you're coming out in this van? You know, <laughs> it was kind of funny at the end there.
0: It is, and uh, I'm pretty sure if, as I said, you know, if they were still around, I'm pretty sure it'd be a different story. You know, it, since they ne- have now become more. C- commercially successful that they've already have i'm pretty sure then you could
1: be able to afford a oh, bus yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely oh you know yeah a bus in the hotels That's the two things exactly yeah.
0: you know I, i'm really curious to see what what's going to happen you know once everything comes back you know i'm interested to see what marky's gonna do uh i already know what oh. cj's gonna do so you know
1: yeah he's kind of semi-retired yeah marky will be out there hacking around richie will be out there playing
0: I got to definitely check them out when I can. Monty A. Melnick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you uh, talking about your story. Live long and prosper, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, hopefully uh, by the time the year is over, we'll be back out watching these amazing shows, um, going out. And uh, hopefully everybody will be healthy enough.
1: Yeah. Don't forget uh, the new book with Yes, out the on Red the remote. has got to with the Red Ramones, Ramones and as to say bonus edition.
0: Exactly. Where can people find
1: it? Amazon.com.
0: Amazon.com, ladies and gentlemen, Monte Melnick. We'll see you next time on the Hearst show. Peace out.